0: Hello. Hello, hello! I am Alicia Richard, and thank you so much for listening to a Rich Life podcast, where we enrich, encourage, and inspire you to live a life of your dreams. As I always say, sharing is caring. So, if there is any parts of this episode or any of the other episodes that you absolutely totally love, please make sure that you share with like all of your friends and all of your family and all of your BFFs on social media, and let them know, like, girl, like, are you living a rich life? So I am extremely excited about today's guest, OMG does she drop like just so much knowledge and I won't start talking about it before it's time but this is definitely an episode that you want to download and just listen to over and over and over again. So today's guest we have Ella Glasgow and let me tell you a little bit about Ella before we hop right on in. Ella Glasgow is a business and life coach, wife, And mom, who helps creative entrepreneurs get out of overwhelm so they could have a clear vision, the steps, and the confidence to make their creative dream their reality. Visit www.dreamigniter.com to claim your free dream ignition call to discover how you can truly make your dream a reality girls let's just hop right on in and thank you so much ella for the interview i'm sure that we all can learn something from you hello ella how are you i am well thank you for uh agreeing to be with us at the a rich life podcast i am sure that my listeners will just love so much about you and your personality because girl you are a woman that is totally like shining and just glowing all over the world so first i just want to say thank you for being a light. Thank you for being a light. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, ma'am. So what I would like to do is, um, can you just tell us our listeners just a little bit about yourself before we get into like all the nitty gritty stuff?
1: Yeah. So I am a creative entrepreneur and what does that mean? Exactly. That means that I do things that involve the arts, for myself as a creative entrepreneur. So, I am a singer and I am a coach to other creative entrepreneurs. I've been um a professional singer for about 20 years now. That's really weird to say. It's a really long time. Wow. <laughs> and um when it comes to the creative entrepreneurs that I coach that runs the gamut of, of service professional um, creatives. So those that are photographers, those that are singers, those are providing a service in some way, some creative way to the world as their main business focus.
0: Oh, that is really good. So as like a singer, please talk about that because I absolutely love singing as well, but I don't talk about it as much. So I would love to know, like, how did you get into singing? Did you start like in church or, you know, like just singing around the house? Like, how did that start? I did. So I I did actually start in church. Um, I think that's where you're
1: supposed to begin. That's like the general story. Just like you as a girl, you take ballet when you're five or else you're not a girl. So... So I, I, did start singing in church and, um, but the real love for singing or the, the, the gene for singing came from my family because my family, um, a lot of them are singers, not professionally. Um, but it's just, we have a musical family and, on my mother's side, my aunt actually was an original Icat. So that was a big deal um when I was growing up. And I just was talking to my mom about this last year sometime. We were talking about this uh the fact that she was growing up in a house where Tina Turner was, you know, coming in on the regular because they would practice. Wow. <laughs> I was like, I was like, Wait, so let me just understand. So it would be like a knock at the door, like a rat tat tat, and you would go and open the door, and Tina Turner would be standing there, and you'd be like, "Bye, oh mom, I'm going gosh. out to play." Tina's here. <laughs> that is so cool. Wow. So <laughs> <laughs> she, she kind of throws it all. She's like, "I was young.
0: I was like, I don't care." That. Right. House, so. right that is like the coolest thing I've ever heard like that's almost like Oprah come and be like hey girl we just gonna have some tea like. <laughs> pretty much <laughs> <laughs> oh wow so uh tell us about like how you kind of just are doing so much I know that you are a wife and you are a mom so tell us like how you are just like handling everything because I know a lot of times people would sometimes make excuses and say well oh well I'll wait till my you know child turns a certain age or I'll wait till you know things get perfect so just give us a little advice for someone that may be listening that don't know how to just create the life that they desire because maybe there are a few excuses but girl you are like really doing it with like so many hats that you are wearing so let us know how you are a professional singer a coach and you are a creative entrepreneur (laughs) (laughs) so
1: here's the funny thing this stuff for me um being this on track with what it is and I'm doing really didn't start until after I had my son wow (laughs) and I had been living in what I like to call life fright (laughs) (laughs) it's like stage fright except it's your whole life (laughs) (laughs) right the thing was is that up until my son was born, you know, I've been, I've been doing this for, been a singer for 20 years. So a lot of people know me as a singer mm-hmm. and um, seemingly doing what I really wanted to do. But what people weren't realizing is that I was taking really the easy way out Wow! <laughs> for, for, doing, for doing the things that I was doing in my career. I wasn't really reaching for the, the higher goals, the things that I had really dreamed about. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that I was afraid of letting people see too much of me mm-hmm. beyond what they knew of me on the stage. And I knew that for me to step out in the world bigger meant that people were going to know more. Wow. <laughs> and I, I was afraid of that. There were, there were things that I just did not want people to know. And I had an experience, uh, last year, um, that, changed all of that. Actually, it was two years ago now. So, um, but back up to when my son was born, my son was born in 2015. Mm -hmm. And up to that point, um, I'd been with my husband. We'd been together since 2010. And, um, I was working on cruise ships, singing on cruise ships for about eight years before I met my husband. And, um, when you live that kind of life, Hey, the husband just got home, so I can officially close my door. Wow! Hooray! <laughs> hey, love how life works out like that. Hey. <laughs> oh my goodness! He just, just came to the door and gave me the deuces. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I have been. <clears throat> working on cruise ships and living that kind of lifestyle, it kind of puts your mind in a different place Mm -hmm. and a different place being, there's a particular way that we live. Those of us that, um, that work in this industry as travelers, our mind is just a little bit different as to how things get done Mm -hmm. (laughs) and specifically how money is made. (laughs) Right, right. And, um, coming off the cruise ships was, was actually, it was a bit of a devastating experience for me because I didn't come off because I really wanted to. I came off because it was my mental health that was at stake and, Um, I was in a situation that, um, was really, um, tearing me apart. I was with a cast that wasn't very supportive and, um, they were, um, kind of bullying me emotionally. And it was to the point where it was either, I would not be talking to you right now <laughs> or me get off the ship. Wow. And obviously I chose to get off the ship. So <laughs> I'm alive that's great. Um, but I was, um, I was devastated because I really didn't know what to do with myself after that happened. And I would love to tell you that it was only a year that I suffered through that, but it lasted for five years, that depression. And it was a depression that I suffered silently. Um, I had been dealing with depression, off and on, um, probably most of my life, but growing up the way that I did, it wasn't really something that we talked about. Mm -hmm. And because of my experience with my birth mother, it was something that I didn't want to really acknowledge because I didn't want to be like her. And, uh, that scared me. And if I said that out loud that I was suffering with depression, that meant that I was more like her. And so I kept it to myself and my husband was a supportive. He wasn't my husband at the time. He was my, my fiance at the time, but I did as he did as best as he could, you know, to, um, Make me happy, not really knowing that I was going through depression mm-hmm. and just really supporting me the best that he could. And I really spent five years spinning. And I like to say that I spent five years spinning because I didn't understand what the world people did to make money on land. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that was part of it. Like, you know, some of the things like, uh, not that I drink a whole lot, but, you know, when we would go out and I would maybe want a beer, right. or a glass of, like, you want to how much i'm sorry it's a dollar on the ship i don't understand ten dollars for this drink what i'll make you sober real quick (laughs) oh wow but um going through that when my son um came around in 2015 um I had started reading some things and I I've always been into self-help and on some level I've always been a coach. Um, at at the time I was doing voice coaching specifically working with singers and every now and again, I would let people know that I do life coaching as well, but it wasn't something that I put, uh, on blast for everyone to know. If you were in my studio, you knew I did life coaching. If you weren't, oh well.
0: (laughs) Right. Right.
1: (laughs) Um, so My son was born in 2015 and I just finished reading a book that had absolutely nothing to do with life coaching and everything to do with singing. And I was on my first, um, my first gig back after having my son, it was about three months after he was born and I was in Branson, Missouri. Um, so I will say, I should say in, in that time between 2010, and 2015, when I left the ship, I actually started doing corporate work. Um, as a Tina Turner impersonator. Oh, wow. (laughs) That is so cool. Who knew full circle, right? So, So, um, so I was in Branson and I was there for three days and often as it is with corporate work, when you're far away, um, there's usually only a day of something to do while the other days you have to, to yourself. So I was there for three days, basically alone. And so I was reading this book and it said at the beginning of it, if you, if you only do, um, read the first chapter and the last chapter of, of this book, it'll change your life. And it had to do with booking gigs is what it was about. And so I read through the book cause I had nothing else to do. And I did the exercise, which is one that I use now with my clients. And, um, when I did the exercise, I was just, I was blown away <clears throat> because Never before had I seen how I could make the singing side of me work and this coaching side of me work all at the same time, coaching yeah. the way that I really wanted to do it until I had done this and seen how they do go together because all of my life, I've been told I had to choose. hmm <laughs> Yeah. Like, wow. you have to make a choice. And I said, I don't want to make a choice. <laughs> wow. So once I got that part figured out, um, there was another thing that came. Um, and I should tell you, my husband figured out after my son was born without saying it, he knew that I went through postpartum depression. So that was kind of expected after already being suffering, suffering depression. My son was born and then I had postpartum depression Mm -hmm. and Um again, still smiling through it. You've seen my picture. I smile all the time.
0: Right, right, you do.
1: <laughs> Except now, that's not a cover up. <laughs> wow. Um so my husband fully supported me, but the thing that I realized was that um I thought to myself, you know, I don't want to one day look into this little guy's eyes and tell him that, you know what, you can do anything you want to do. Like my parents told me and your parents told you, you can do anything you want to do, but mommy
0: can't. Oh, wow. That brought chills to me. (laughs) Seriously. Oh, my gosh. That is a word. Yeah. Wow. So while I was in Branson, I made a conscious effort and decision
1: that things were gonna change and I wasn't gonna spin anymore. <clears throat> um it didn't mean that the depression was worked all the way through, but there was a, a stake put into the ground that day that I was not going to be so dependent on other people anymore <clears throat> to live my life. And from that moment things changed. And, uh, my business began to flourish and suddenly my husband was like, oh my gosh, look at you. Wow. This, I knew this was possible. (laughs) I told you I wouldn't be afraid of a woman making more than me.
0: Go ahead, do it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's when they become your biggest cheerleaders then, pom-poms and all. (laughs) (laughs)
1: so so excited for, for all of that and really happy for all of that. And, and I worked through, um, I worked through that depression and, um, but the, the, the the biggest piece that came to a head was something that I started saying earlier where it all turned around, especially in regard to my birth mother, because that was really the underlying piece of all of it. The fear in my entire life of people knowing about, um, what was going on with my birth mother. Um, I had an opportunity to be a part of, um, a, a television show that shall not remain named because I'm still a part of the process. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, in that experience, I was asked about my mother and, they wanted to know about her and I wasn't willing to give that information because I didn't know what it would do to her. And it also scared me what would happen to me. So there was a selfish thing going on at the same time I was protecting her, but selfishly. (laughs) Um, And uh, when all of that didn't go through the way that we expected, because I wasn't willing to give that story, um, I had a conversation with her because the other part of the of the reality was is that I didn't know the whole story. I only knew that in college, um, I found out that my mother was a drug addict. <clears throat> I didn't know the intensity of it. Um, I didn't know how long it had been going on. Um, I only knew that when I went to go visit my mother in while I was in college for a spring break she was living in, Washington at the time and uh the state and I went to go visit her and as dreary as it was for spring break because it always rains in Washington wow. uh it was even more dreary because when I got there she was in the hospital once again which was a normal occurrence <laughs> wow. and so um I was less than excited and <clears throat> it was then that I found out my uncle took me to the hospital to see her and he pulled me aside away from the doctors and said, the doctors don't know your mother is not suffering from a pneumonia because she was always sick. I just didn't know why. Mm-hmm. She said, your mom doesn't have pneumonia. Your mom is suffering withdrawal and she hasn't told the doctors again. I still didn't know the intent, the intensity of it. I only knew that I was really angry. That was when I was in college <clears throat> and that anger really didn't let, I didn't let go of it for a really long time until I had this incident happen and I talked to her about it and I said, so I have this information, this thing happened, didn't go through with it because they wanted to know your story and I was afraid to tell them because I didn't know what that would do to you because that means, you know, it's not just my whole story. You're a part of the story too and that means that cameras are going to be in your face (laughs) and I don't know that I want you to have cameras in your face if you can handle it or if you even want people to know and she said, A, number one, daughter i knew that this whole time that you have shied, you have shied away from the spotlight because of me and i've known that and i also i want you to know that you can tell the whole world the story because i'm alive because of you and she i was said wow <laughs> and she said to me do you know do you remember when you found out that i was a drug addict. And I said, yeah, when you, um, when I came to visit you for my spring break from college. And she said, no, you knew before then. And I said, I did. I do when (laughs) I "I don't remember the story. She said, you were eight years old. And the minute she said I was eight years old, do you know how there are some memories that you have that are suppressed? Mm hmm. The minute she said I was eight years old, I had everything flashback. Obviously something that had been sitting in my subconscious for a long, for, since I was eight years old, <laughs> and I refused to think about it. And, <clears throat> excuse me, she um, she said, I you were eight years old, and I called you uh, to... I had to be a little older than I was than eight years old because I remember where this happened. I think she thought I was eight, but it was I think I was a little older now that I'm thinking about it. But anyway, um, I called you because I was in the psych ward, and they told me that I had to let you know what was going on. And I only had ten minutes. And so I said to you, baby girl, I I'm on crack cocaine and she said do you know what you told me after I said that to you I said no I have no clue what did I say she said you said Ella mommy that's okay I love you anyway and she said that after that we were on the phone for about 30 minutes they didn't want to take her off the phone because we were having such a good time talking, even though they would only given her ten minutes <clears throat> to talk to me. So since that moment, uh, two years ago, I've been a lot more free um, and a lot less afraid to even talk about this with you right now, because even the people growing up with me had no clue—not <laughs> a one knew even had a birth mother. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's uh, it's been it's been a crazy ride, but working through that and finally allowing myself to be fully and completely me, mm-hmm. all the <clears throat> ugly story and all, and I know my story is not even as ugly as some others. Um, and I say ugly because I know that's what people call it for themselves. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not an ugly story; it's simply a story, and. Um those stories are the things that make up who we are and what we decide to do with those stories is really the issue. Mm. We can allow those stories to do what I did for the first 35, 37 years of my life, hold us back and allow them to be the excuses um or the reasons that we <laughs> that we can't do X, Y, and Z, or we can allow them to be the catalyst and let them be a beautiful shining light for other people who are going through the same thing or not even the same thing, but to understand that the struggle is not real. And I'm saying that intentionally. The struggle is not real. The struggle is made up. Wow. If we let go of the story you will understand that it is simply
0: a story very good That's very true. So tell us, because I know you said that you had a book and the book totally changed your life. So what advice would you give to someone that may have a similar background to you um, that may have been suffering through depression, but really just don't know how to navigate through it. And with you being like a life coach, just like briefly, just, you know, tell someone like, how do you get through those stumbling blocks and still have a joyful smile like Ella? So just, Just tell my audience a little bit about that.
1: So I would not advise that anybody do it the way that I did, which was suffering in silence. Because, um, as I said, there were—I wish I could tell you that the attempts that—or not the attempt, the thoughts that I had um, for— for suicide in 2010. I wish I could tell you those were the first thoughts that I'd ever had. Um, I obviously have a stronger will than some some people do, but I would tell you because those thoughts I've had since I was a kid, but I never talked to anyone about it because growing up in church, it's not really something you talk about.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, You just pray about it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Or people don't believe that you're depressed. Um, So I would encourage you to find someone to talk to. Depression is a serious, serious thing. I am very fortunate that it did not take my life as it could have. Um, my birth mother is very fortunate that the things that she um, put herself through <clears throat> did not take her life because so many people around her have died already doing the things that she did. And <clears throat> because crack is not, crack is whack. It's totally whacked. Right. Um, So you need to find someone to talk to. If depression is something that you are seriously suffering with, you need to find someone to talk to. Don't joke. Don't play. Do not try and think that you've got the will of, of the gods that will just get you through on your own. Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, Because the other thing that I said, I did not say is that I, even though I, I read a book that did change things, I also had people in my life. I was not alone. Depression will, will fool you into thinking that you're alone, but I was not alone. I was in a very desperate situation in 2010 uh, because it's difficult when you're on a cruise ship because you really are isolated out there. But Even then, I was still not alone. Um, So do not, do not, do not. I cannot stress enough that you, if depression is the issue that you are suffering with, you must, must go get help. Professional help. Um, Not, uh, uh, friends and family are are fabulous. Um, Depending on the level of your depression, you need to seek professional help. Really need to seek professional help. My mother has professional help to deal with the things that she is dealing with, um, and the, the issues that she continues to have because of the things that she did before. So <clears throat> um yeah, I can't stress it enough. Professional help is really what's needed. And moving forward, you know, after um after reading that book, and even before reading that book, I had coaches myself. Um, not everything that I went through uh, to even make my business what it is now, I didn't do it alone. Good, very good. <laughs> I, I, I read a book, yes, but I still needed uh, help—actual mm-hmm. <laughs> physical people.
0: <laughs> right, very true.
1: <laughs> to 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 uh, to help cut through um, through all the noise mm-hmm. because, you know, as an entrepreneur. Um, and a mother, it's, it's really easy to get caught up in all of the things that there are to do as, as a business owner, Mm -hmm. because I mean, to be quite honest, there's a lot, there's a lot that needs to be handled. But that being said, when you have the right guidance and you're not just depending on yourself to be that guidance, um, And not just depending on a will and a prayer to be that guidance because, and I'm saying that very intentionally because I am uh, a person of faith um, and oftentimes, you know, my, oftentimes my, it's easy for people to say, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to pray and, and wait on the Lord to give me an answer. And I'm reminded of my, of my dad (laughs) who is a pastor And when I was 18 years old, just graduated, I was 19, I just graduated college. And, um, I did college when I was in high school, which is why I graduated college at 19. Um, I, um, my, my dad said to me, I was sitting in the living room in his armchair, you know, the armchair that every dad has, Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) and he still has his, (laughs) I was sitting in that armchair in the living room, just, you know, basking in the warm summer glow, uh, coming into the living room from the window and he walks by me and he says, he says, so what are you going to do now? And because I was 19 and I knew everything, I said to him, I am waiting on the Lord which I thought was a very appropriate answer Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) to which he replied waiting on the Lord doesn't mean you sit and do nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I took that to heart and I still take that to heart. Mm -hmm. You know, um, oftentimes the things that we're looking for, the help that we need is sitting right in front of our faces Mm -hmm. and we're too afraid expecting something um, much more magical to happen. And, it's not that magic doesn't happen. One of my clients, um, uh, she's on her way to being a coach herself. I'm so proud of her, um, and she, she. I remember her calling the things that we did magic, <laughs> and she said it is. It's just magic. But now her thing is inviting the magic in. That's mm-hmm. her 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 thing now with her coaching. And um, sometimes it does feel like magic, but there are actual steps that have to be taken, uh, to make things happen. I often tell people, you know, you maybe you think you're waiting on the Lord, but the Lord is waiting on you.
0: Mm-hmm. Very <laughs> true. Very true. Right. <laughs> I've already got everything. Everything is ready. It is in place. All right,
1: let's go right lord if you could just or being that guy that's sitting that's sitting on the roof of the of the house while the flood is rising Mm -hmm. and praying for something to be sent and every possible solution has gone by right (laughs) every real solution because the thing is um he's not going to magically whisk us from point a to point b the current reality that we live in this is the world that we currently live in and until you've come to the place that you've mastered all the laws Mm -hmm. and most of us have not (laughs) if you haven't mastered that law of um magically moving from point a to point b probably not going to be moving magically from point A to point B. You're still going to have to walk like the rest of us. Yes.
0: So you definitely have like a powerful and inspiring story. And, um, just to ask like from, you know, being on a cruise ship to working in the corporate world to just going through, you know, how you said you had the postpartum depression. So how did like entrepreneurship just knocked on your door? Like, how did you know? And when did you know that you wanted to operate in that space? I've
1: always been an entrepreneur. When I was eight years old, and genuinely when I was eight years old, I was selling wire bracelets and wire things um, in school. I even had a vendor. <laughs> um, I had a wire vendor. I bought my wire from my wire vendor, and <laughs> I would make what? my wire
0: jewelry. <laughs> And sell this to my classmates. So, that is I'm, so sweet. <laughs> You've always been a hustler. Okay. This is this was nothing new for me. That is so
1: cool. Oh wow. Even the way that I coach now, this was this was the biggest aha for me because actually the way that I'm coaching now is um like I said, I've been doing it with privately with my private voice students. Mm-hmm. Um for off and on for for probably 5 years um and now uh i would say this this year was really the first year that i started letting people know this is what i do uh don't come to me for voice lessons anymore i was a voice coach for a, for probably about 10 years because i was really good at it that's the other thing you know when it comes to to doing things at all. It's really easy to get caught up in the things that are comfortable and easy for you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really good at voice coaching and I had really great success with being a voice coach, but that's not what I wanted. I was frustrated every day because I wanted people to go beyond just singing a song <laughs> in my studio. I wanted more than that for them. I like and, um, I have been that person since I was, since I was very young and I can remember the first time someone asked me to coach them, uh, but it wasn't coaching that they asked for. They didn't say coach because when I was younger, coaching wasn't, that wasn't a big deal. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm 40 years old now. So, um, that wasn't a big catchphrase back then. Um, there were coaches, but it wasn't on a large scale that everybody knows about it. Like, Mm -hmm. like now, um, so I was asked in church, to help people with things. And at the time, people were asking me to help them with, um, I remember specifically there were these two kids, they wanted to do a talent competition, and they asked me to um, choreograph for them. Was I a dancer? No. Did I dream of being a dancer? Yes. (laughs) Did I often choreograph things for my own self because I, you know, just me and my sisters having fun? Yeah how they knew that I could do that with them. I don't know, but they did, their parents did. And so, um, so I choreographed this dance and put moves in it that I could not do myself. But the thing was, is that I knew how to get people to, to do stuff. Mm -hmm. And I knew how to get people, not just to do stuff, but to do things beyond what they thought they were capable of. And in the end, they ended up winning the the talent competition and their parents were just like, I had no clue that my kids could do that. (laughs) (laughs) So I knew how to employ, um, that sense of self-worth and empowerment into the people that I was working with, even though I didn't know that it was called coaching then. And I was, people were always asking me, even since that time, you know, when I was in college, people would say, how did you, how did you do this? Or how, how did you get that? Or you know, people were always asking me again, I didn't realize it was called coaching. Um, and that was something that I fought against. I fought against being a coach because the only term that I knew for coaching was voice coaching. So when people would tell me that I was a coach, I would say, no, you're a liar. <laughs> Stop taking away my drink. <laughs> yeah. I finally realized. Oh my gosh, Ella! What your coaches have been trying to tell you <laughs> is to do what you've literally been doing since you were about twelve years old—to <laughs> mm-hmm. help people realize their full potential. And understand that, as I said before, the stories are just a story. You are capable of doing so much more and the excuses are simply that. Even, you know, it's easy to get caught up in being a mommy and <clears throat> taking care of a family and it's easy to allow those things to be the reasons why you can't do something and I call
0: bullshit if you have to beat that out, sorry. <laughs> no, you're a good girl. You, we heard these words before,
1: <laughs> uh, um, but I, I call bullshit on that because um, I, there's no reason why you cannot work around those things. Does it mean that you may have things happen a little slower than someone who doesn't have a kid? Of course, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean it's impossible there are people that are making things happen every day with seven children <laughs> and and no help i'm thinking of one specifically right now she's not a client of mine i've met her at a networking event uh, a couple of years ago and she has seven children and i think was uh, i may be, i don't want to embellish her story she had a lot going on struggling and i only think i only just recently found out that she has seven children and she's alone <laughs>
0: She is making stuff happen. Very inspiring. <laughs> so, I won't complain anymore about my two children. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, a of, it's a, it's really a matter of priority
1: and acknowledging the fact that every single time that you tell yourself that you cannot do X, Y, Z, that you cannot make your own dream happen. Every single time you do that, you are teaching your children that they cannot either. mm-hmm and we are expecting our children to go out and have someone else be their superhero when they have a superhero sitting right at home. We are denying our own superhero status. Very true. We have to let go of the story and let go of the excuses, let go of the reasons that we've given ourselves and the tales that we continue to tell ourselves about why we can't do whatever it is you are wanting to do. We have to remember who's watching because every single time mommy denies herself. Cause the thing that I realized about, you know, my son is, is four years old and it's something that I said to my husband when not long after he was born, you know, he first started to tod- toddle around. Um, I said to him, we have to be really careful about the things that we talk about <clears throat> because he hears and sees everything. And at the time, my husband was really kind of like, you know, whatever. (laughs) And there was a day that I don't remember exactly what we were talking about, so I'm not going to be able to give you exact words, but our son was playing in uh, what we call his office, (laughs) his playroom. And um, he was playing in his office, which was around the, like, down the kitchen hall and around the corner he was in another room we were in the kitchen sitting at the table probably at least 20 feet away and he's doing his thing you know we could hear the clink clanking of you know toys in his office and um my husband said whatever he said and little man comes around the corner and repeats it and i was like thanks kid just needed some i just needed a real life example That's what I'm talking about. He can hear everything. (laughs) If you think he's paying attention or not, he's Mm -hmm. paying attention to everything. So the way that we speak to ourselves, the way that we treat ourselves, our children are picking up on every single thing. And just think about it. Think about yourself and the way that your mother or your father treated themselves, what you saw them do. Like really sit down and think about it. Were they ones that really pushed for what it is that they really wanted in life or were they ones that kind of sat back and let life take a control of them, accept things for as they, as they were. Some people take those things and they relive those same patterns while others use them as, use them as catalysts, but I'm talking to the people
0: that are using them as a reason to stay still. That is definitely inspiring. That That is, you are really just letting out gold right now. A whole lot of treasures. <laughs> that is really, really good. Like, oh man, I think every person can take advice from that, especially, you know, just being mindful of what you say in front of your children because they are watching. And like how you said, like they literally emulate what we do and what we say and how we act. So Yeah, we've got some work to do. (laughs) So here's the thing. The other flip side of
1: that coin is to not allow that to become a burden. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, there's this thing that we hear about um, resistance, right? And so we've heard that we need to, you know, let go of resistance to the things that we want, You know, you're, you got blocks up about, you know, receiving money or, Mm -hmm. or receiving whatever it is that you're wanting to receive. There's this thing, resistance has, has two sides and we resist the things that we don't want. But the thing is, is if you put up resistance because you don't want it, like you're constantly saying, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want X, Y, and Z to happen, whatever it is that you don't want to happen, that's resistance. Mm -hmm. You're still resisting. (laughs) <laughs> and therefore getting more of what you don't want. <laughs> so it's, it's a matter of letting go. So when it comes to these things that I'm saying about your kids and being aware, don't allow it to become a thing that um, that causes you more resistance. It's not anything to beat yourself up over. It's something to be aware of so that you can start changing now. Because it's hard to change things that we're not aware of. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is why we work with coaches in the first place, because coaches can see things into us that we can't always see because we're too deep in our own shit.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Very
1: true. So, so allow allow this, this something in, as instead of making the something that's like, oh, I got to I just got to pay attention and I just got to, uh, you know, I got to got to will myself into making sure that I'm not, you know, making mistakes in front of my kids. Just Take it in. I like to tell my clients sometimes, you know, just take it in and do like put it on the shelf for a let it marinate. Just let it, just let it marinate in you for a second. And if you feel like it's something that is going to work for you, then allow it to work for you and in you.
0: Right. If it's something that doesn't sit with you, then let it go. Right. Very true. I do have one question for you. Going sure. back to how you said that people saw you as. A vocal coach instead of a coach and once you finally like put down like you know that hat of being a vocal coach like how did that feel for you like to just finally just go towards your calling and then let go what people knew you like almost like letting go of your previous self yeah it was scary it was incredibly scary because that
1: had been my identity and um I had to let go of that identity so that I could step into this new person because I knew that voice coach Ella wasn't going to get me where I wanted to be. Wow. (laughs) And as scary as it was to leave voice coach Ella, because she's so very comfortable. Um, I knew that I had to. And so when I did, you know, the first, the first, things that I put out on social media, I actually didn't do it on social media first. I did it with my, excuse me, with my, um, my email list first. And, um, that was scary because at the time I didn't have a huge email list. Um, and I don't now anymore, especially after what I did. Uh, but, um, I said to my email list, Hey, here's what's going on. Um, not gonna be talking about voice stuff anymore. Like at all. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) At least not in the context of you know, here's some vocal exercises. Not gonna be talking about that. And here's what I'm gonna be talking about. I'm gonna be talking about you and you pursuing what it is that you really want and actually making money with it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, so uh if you want to stay on my list. There's nothing more that you need to do. If you if you if you want to stay on my list, you got to click through whatever blah blah. If you don't, there's nothing more that you need to do because at the end of this week, if you're not if you haven't clicked through, you're going to be automatically removed. And I didn't know what would happen. My list was cut by more than half. (laughs) I went from over a thousand to I think sixty in that week. And that, that was scary. That was incredibly scary. But here's the thing that came out of it. Cause, and here's the other thing. This is the other piece of the puzzle. Um, here's a little business tip. If you have an email list and everybody should, if you have an email list, you're paying for dead weight. If you have a thousand people and none of them are buying from you, um, or opening your emails, you have to pay for the amount of people that you have on your list. Mm A thousand-person list costs more than a sixty-person list. Um, so just know that when you're looking at your email marketing, that uh, you need to make sure that it's that people are actually buying from you and um, they're actually opening your emails. Because if they're not, take them off. Right. Because <laughs> they they're costing you money. <laughs> Thank you for that. So, <laughs> so, but here's the fun thing that happened with that. Once I. Um, Once I did that and started talking about what I talk about now, um, I made a call to those that remained. And I said, hey, I'm going to be, now you know I'm changing my coaching approach and going to be talking about this particular thing. And I just want to get some, um, I want to do a little bit of research. I already knew the answers, but I just wanted to verify my answers that I already knew. So I said, I'm going to be talking to a few people. And if you would like to be among those people that would, that would help me to just kind of hone in what people really want me to coach them on. I'd really appreciate it. Just fill out this little questionnaire and send me your number. And one of the people to do that was a dear friend of mine who you know, (laughs) (laughs) and here was the funny thing when she filled out that questionnaire and I saw her name, I was like, what are you, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) you don't need me (laughs) but you know what we haven't talked for a long time since you moved away so you know what we'll have a little catch up call Right. that's what I first thought right and then about an hour or so before the call I said you know what Ella she took the time to fill out the questionnaire so honor that and go through the process as though she was somebody that you didn't know And when I got on the call, I was floored because she said to me, Ella, I never open your emails, (laughs) but I opened this one. And when I saw it, I said, I needed to talk to you. This is someone that I've known since 2010. And we've had our little conversations about things, but never about this on this level. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even know that she needed help. If I would have remained silent, the help would have never been gotten and I would have never talked to you.
0: Isn't that something?
1: (laughs) Wow. So it's the, it's the willingness to do the scary things, um, to step into who it is that you need to be to take you where you want to go. Because the person that you've been up to this point has gotten you up to this point
0: but they're not able to take you to the next step. Mm-hmm. That is very true I am like I have you are so just on it today <laughs> you are really on it today so um so the next thing is like just tell us about like your business like your business name and if anyone is interested in having you as a life coach like where can we find you to get more knowledge to just get a little more help what whatever you know do like a call tell us you know about your business more about your name
1: yeah. So the the name of my the name of my title the name of my business is actually I'm going to tell you the name of my business because it's 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 kind of funny. Um, the name of my business, the actual registered name of my business, is Becoming Entertainment. When I named my company, and this is again, this is kind of full circle, me coming to where I am now. Um, when I named my company back in 2005. 2005 was when I named my company. Um, I have to go back and look at my old paperwork, but I think it was 2005. It wasn't until 2010 that I actually formed an s Corps, but 2005 was when I named my business and registered my name. Um, I called it Becoming Entertainment simply because Becoming was already taken. Mm -hmm. And it actually started even before 2005. I was with some friends and we had decided that we were going to put this thing together that we were going to go and talk to, um, kids in school Mm -hmm. and we were calling our company becoming because we wanted to teach them what they could become. Mm -hmm. I was a singer. My friend was a makeup artist and another friend of mine was a model and we were going to do this little function with these kids in school and, and teach them to become more. That never happened. So when it came time for me to name my company, because I still wanted to do something, helping people to become, uh, I named my company becoming entertainment, not really understanding the deepness at that time of what that really meant. I knew what it meant, but I didn't know. And it's become even more relevant now. So that's the name of my business. Um, but the name of my actual title is the dream igniter. And you can go to the uh, to find out how we can work together.
0: That is very sweet. Very sweet. So in closing, like just tell, just like kind of just speak into the audience. Maybe someone may, you know, have suffered from like depression or are just trying to just get their life back together, like in a nutshell, because I know that we all need to work with Ella one (laughs) on one, but in a nutshell, kind of just, you know, like inspire us and just like give us a little bit of words of encouragement because, you know, we all are kind of just going through something.
1: Yeah, so here is what I will let you know. I, I just did a um, a workshop in New York um, a couple of weeks ago uh, for some young people. And we had about 600 uh, people there for this workshop. And it was an incredible experience. And I will tell you what I told them. the The whole point of that workshop, we called it Next Level Workshop, And it was teaching them to take what they have to the next level. And we were talking about the it factor specifically and understanding that everybody is actually born with it. Every single person on this planet has been born with it. You were born with it. And sometimes it can be hard to understand that you were born with it because we're quick to point a finger at someone that's on a stage and say, mm, they have got it mm-hmm. <laughs> all the while you're standing there wishing that you were the one that had it too. Mm-hmm. And the truth of the matter is that you do. The only difference between me having it and her having it and you having it is that she and I have taken the time to cultivate it. Mm-hmm. That's very
0: good.
1: That's the only difference. So take the time to cultivate your it, whether that be with a coach like me or on your own.
0: Cultivate it because you have it. Mm, I know that's right. Because you have it. <laughs> <laughs> that is very good. Oh, my goodness. So last question. Uh, tell us, Ella, how you are living a rich life. How am I living a rich life? Oh, my gosh.
1: Um Laughing every day, you know, for me, a rich life is really being able to look at my life and enjoy it regardless of what's going on, regardless of whether things may look pretty on the outside or if they don't, it doesn't matter. That was something that was really hard for me to really enjoy, just enjoy what I had going on right in the moment. Like right now I'm enjoying this time with you that makes my life rich. If I had, if you had talked to me even two years ago, I wouldn't have understood how to really be present with you in this moment and really be, be completely here with you and grateful for the time that I'm having with you because my mind would have been somewhere else on the next thing. And that took time for me to really work through. And it honestly was my husband that was the catalyst for that because he's a master at being in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Sometimes to a point of annoyance,
0: but I <laughs> <laughs> ah,
1: hear you girl. <laughs> He's a, he's, he's really a master at being in the moment. And I had to learn that from him because as creatives, we're often looking for that next thing Mm -hmm. because when it comes to being a creative business owner and not understanding how to make business be consistent, Mm -hmm. we're looking for the next thing and it's hard for us to stay in that moment. But once we get the pieces in place that cause things to be consistent, You don't have to worry about that anymore. And even before then, because that's the thing, it's about understanding and being in that place of joy before all of the joy happens Mm. because the joy is not coming because you're waiting for it and you are an amazing manifester and you are saying to yourself, Oh, when I have X, Y, and Z, I will be such and such. And that puts it off in the future. And you're waiting for a moment to cause you happiness when you are the cause of happiness.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow. That is awesome. So tell us oh my gosh, like, thank you for just, oh, you brought tears to my eyes, girl. (laughs) (laughs) You brought tears to my eyes. And it ain't because I'm sad, I'm filled with joy and just happy. So thank you. Thank you so much for just like sharing your story and just being authentic with us and just letting us know about your journey, because I know how important it is to just know someone, you know, before just any, just developing a relationship that is so important. So thank you for being transparent, for not being afraid and just letting us know like how we can just continue on. Like you are just so inspiring. So thank you for that. Um, Last thing, tell our audience how how they can find you. I know you have a YouTube channel, like tell us like where we can find you, where can we follow you just to just, just to just see you and just yeah, hear from you. Yeah. So,
1: um, the best place to find me is on Facebook that's where I am most of the time. That's my space. One day I'll get to being more, uh, more, um, vocal on some of the other social platforms right now. I'm working on Facebook. I'm a master it. And then I'll move on on Facebook. I'm Ella Glasgow Binion. Uh, there is another Ella Glasgow. I don't know who she is. It stole my name, (laughs) but I'm Ella Glasgow Binion. And I'm the one with the big bright smile and the pink background. I'll probably keep that that headshot for a long, long time. Um, or you can look on my business page, which is Ella Glasgow dash the dream igniter on, on Facebook as well. Um, and then my website is thedreamigniter.com, or you can go to ellaglasgow.com and find me that way as
0: well. Got it. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Ella, for just agreeing to be with us. We appreciate you so much and we will hear from you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. All right. right, Bye-bye. Thank you all so much for listening to the interview. I'm sure that you all learned so much from Ella just to do just a brief uh, recap. She talked about how important it is for us to watch what we say around our kids because sometimes they kind of just see our behavior and recognize what we are doing. The other thing is, girl, don't be afraid to put on your superhero status. Like A lot of times we down talk who we are, but we got to really just embrace who we are. Another thing is to seek professional help if you need it. Depression is real. She shared so many things about her story, and I'm so glad that she did um, because we all can learn just more about the purpose and why we ought to seek professional help if we need it. And she also said to not suffer in, st- in silence. It is so important because a lot of us are smiling on the outside, but in the inside we are hurt, we are afraid, we are broken. So really like you do not have to go through this by yourself. And the last thing is really just to be fully and completely, completely you as multifaceted individuals. We all can just do so much in the world world. And a lot of times, you know, we see so many people say choose one, but Ella is a prime example of how you could still wear many hats and you could do your thing. So thank you all so much for listening. Uh, Please make sure that you share the episode and I appreciate you all and I'll see you all and talk to you all very soon. Bye-bye.